Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you so much for listening in uh, week after week and for all your support and most of all for believing in me. That means more than you know. I need to thank our sponsor, Veracity Networks. Thank you for believing me as well. And you have been a, a, a huge part in moving this belief cast forward and getting it to many ears. So thank you so much. And I also want to thank all my previous guests. They're amazing people who are doing amazing things. And today's going to be no different. I'm so excited to have Sean Perry on our belief cast today. Thanks for joining us, Sean. Woo, it's great to be here. Thank you, Todd. Yeah. Yeah, you bet. Well, you guys are going to love Sean. Um, a little background on Sean. Um, Sean is a performing artist from New York City. He has taught and performed and choreographed or directed in Japan, Greece, Costa Rica, the Caribbean, Italy, Canada, Switzerland. I mean, the list goes on basically everywhere. Um, his career spans from Broadway to off-Broadway uh, to Metropolitan Opera and more. I mean, and I'm not even, you know, getting close to all the things that he's been doing. He has a wonderful foundation, um, nonprofit foundation called Promethean Spark International. It's a nonprofit organization that does life coaching for extremely impoverished youth worldwide. And, the, you know, you guys, I can't wait to hear more about this because this is incredible and it's so needed in our world today. Um, he has a heart of gold. He's been referred to me by a mutual friend of ours, and she couldn't say enough good about Sean. And it's like, man, you've got to get him on because of the stuff he's done. She also mentioned, Sean, that you helped during uh, and well, after what happened on 9-11 in New York City and how that affected not only New York City, but the entire world. I want to I want to hear those stories about that. And more importantly, Sean, I know you're a busy person. Thank you for, you know, sitting down with us and spending some time with us today. Absolutely. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah, you bet. So, Sean, why don't you tell us um, how, you know, where you grew up and some, you know, background on your family? Yeah, the foundation, right? Yeah, that's, yes. <laughs> uh, I, I actually, I just want to say, I appreciate that you do that. Because that's so important. So many people just dive right in and tell us about your career and about, right. your, you know, I mean, you know, whether it's conversation or interview, they, you know, but going back to the foundation is so powerfully important. Um, yeah, my family sure. is everything to me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I can barely, I can't even really talk about my family without getting a little bit emotional because they're just so amazing. Um, the, uh, Let's see here. We can still hear you. You can hear me. Great. Yep. <laughs> we, we went out for just a minute. And yeah. Okay, good. So I have 10 uh, siblings. There's oh. a, there's, I'm, <laughs> I'm second of 10. Okay. And the, yeah, we, we span um, basically the gamut of, uh, from, <laughs> Like, like literally every, every part of society, like, right. <laughs> you know, we, 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 I've got, I've got, you know, wonderful brothers and sisters who have, uh, you know, served as missionaries and served in, in capacities as, you know, bishops and, and, you know, Relief Society presidents and, and, uh, you know, heads of their own uh, corporations and such as uh, right. massage therapists, um, you know, veterinarian, I mean, and, you know, and all, all the way to, um, 
you know, brothers and sisters who were on drugs for quite a while and had to go through years and years of drug rehab and struggled just to just right. to survive and keep their lives together. And luckily are doing great now oh, and yeah. are, are really doing wonderfully. And, and honestly, they would agree with me. It's because the family just had unconditional love, was there to support, didn't judge and say, you you know, you, you've right. made bad choices. We don't uh, accept you anymore. No. Yeah. Open arms. We love you. Yeah. We don't care what you've done. We don't care where you are. Y- you are one of us. We love you. So to, like I say, just some of the most amazing people on the earth. And I'm so blessed to be a member of a family like that. Right. Wow. You may have just said it, but where do you fall in the pecking order? Are you like in the oldest, middle, youngest? I am second old. There's five boys and five girls and I'm the second oldest. Oh, right. Right on. How was that with that many siblings around growing up? I mean, that had to have been probably a lot of fun. (laughs) Both ends, again, both ends of the spectrum. (laughs) That was a lot of great, fun, wonderful times. I have so many good memories and uh, <laughs> yeah. rip, your, rip your hair out and scream yeah, yeah. <laughs> right on did you where did you grow up what uh were you did you grow up in new york or did you grow up back here in utah or actually mesa arizona oh okay yeah, yeah. that was my stomping grounds through high school and then uh and then right after that i served as a missionary uh for the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints a two okay. two-year mission in japan and uh, then came back and went to college, went to BYU and uh, graduated there. And from, from there ended up, uh, hopped around just a little bit, but uh, within, within the next uh, two years was in New York. And I've been here ever since. Ever since. So when did you start like realizing and knowing that you wanted to be like an actor and a singer and a dancer? And, you know, <laughs> when, did, when did that all kind of start taking shape for you? Yeah, that's a that's a whole wonderful uh, long story that oh that actually is in the introduction to the book that I will be publishing next next year. So um, right, yeah, uh, it's called um, yeah, auditioning for life. Uh, it's nice. uh, this is this is the yeah the the more fleshed out version, but basically okay. in a, in a nutshell. Um, I wasn't planning on going into the arts at all. I thought they were cool. I, right. I liked to, uh, you know, sing in the high school choir. That, that was it. I, I wasn't <laughs> planning on doing any more than that. Right. And so, uh, but it was, it was a very um, difficult decision. I 100% was headed into the medical profession, loved academia. Calculus was my favorite class. And just, right. you know, physics and chemistry. And it, that was, that was, yeah, I loved it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was, a uh, 339, uh, zoology 339 professor that turned me uh-huh. on. I don't even remember his name, but really? he was very inspired. Uh-huh. And he said, I see that you are a zoology major and you're going to become a doctor. You're going on to med school. I see that pre pre-med. Uh-huh. Um, you may want to change your major if you want to work with people and not research the rest of your life. So your personality tells me that you want to be with people and not in the books all day, every day. Right. I was like, I was like, yeah, I mean, the books are great, but yeah, I want to be a people doctor 
<laughs> that's, sure, that's the right. idea. Yeah. And, uh, and he said, well, change from zoology, change it to something else. Well, <laughs> long story, you know, he says, stay, stay pretty mad, but just change to, uh, you know, get a different major so that they see you're well-rounded. And uh, well, long story short, um, I ended up uh, being a triple major music dance theater. Okay. Pre-med. Wow. And so it's quadruple <laughs> major, basically. Um, <laughs> it was killer. I, I took over 20 credits each semester um, and got three to four hours of sleep every night and, uh, and did it for, for a good amount of time. But it, it just about killed me. And I realized I, sure. this is, I can't do this. I have to make a decision. And of course, I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to be a doctor. That's I mean, that's what I planned on since I was yay big, you know? So, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Went, I always ask the Lord for advice and for guidance, spiritual confirmation for things that I'm doing in my life. And, you know, this was no different. And I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to drop out of this stuff, you know, switch it over. And I, and I'm going to go forward with the medical but I need to step away from the, the intense arts stuff. Um, as right. much as I enjoy it, it's not what I'm going to do for my life. And, uh, and I prayed and got zero answer. Like just literally, I don't know if you know a chorus line, but the song, she says, I felt nothing. That was me. I, I, I felt nothing. <laughs> I was just like, what? Right. Okay. <laughs> so then uh, as I moved, I said, I need to, I need to take, have faith. I need to move forward with this. So I, you know, took the steps forward toward that so that, uh, you know, God knew I was serious and moving that direction. And then I received my witness after, after I stepped forward and it right. just got darker and darker and harder and harder and like so much anxiety. And so, and I was like, Whoa, okay. This is going in the opposite direction. I'm not feeling peace. I'm not. Feeling... And so yeah, long story short, I had to switch things around in my heart, my mind, prayed again yeah. and got a very strong answer. You need to go into the arts wow, and, okay. dr and drop the other side. And I was like, what? You're like, what? I didn't Whoa. want to hear that. <laughs> what is, yeah, yeah. I was like, that's not, okay, what, what kind of stupid, like idiot auditions for a living and doesn't have a real job and <laughs> I mean, in my mind that was my you know it's like you don't have a real job and you don't have any security and you don't you know that's that's a ridiculous way to live no right no but, but i had received my answer i could not deny it so i followed and i i dropped the pre-med didn't look back and graduated with the music dance theater degree and uh, yeah, the, I am so, so glad that uh, God knew what, how to guide me back then, because I definitely would, yeah. would not have made the right decision. Wow. And it's amazing what that, that answer and that decision moving in that direction, what that's led to and what you're doing in your life and all the things you've been doing since then, right? those little tiny decisions that makes the, that just change the trajectory. And then, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 years later, you, whew, you're yeah. in a completely different world than you ever would have imagined or dreamed you could be in. Right. Wow. Well, let me, I'm going to ask some uh, a question. I think maybe a lot of people might want to ask you, but maybe they don't. I mean, they'll obviously ask you about your career and all these things. I want to get to where, 
see someone that performs like you do in front of people all the time, you come, you, you have this confidence about you. And I wanted to ask you when you were younger, I mean, were you this confident kid or did you have to grow into it? Did you have to cultivate it or is it a little of both? That's an interesting question. I love that. Um, I was a go-getter. I'll definitely put it that way. I was very, very much lots of personal initiative. You know, if if I wanted to accomplish something, I would set out a plan. I would go for it. I would do it. Um, I I had an intense inferiority complex. Okay. I oh, it was super like like more than I've seen in hardly anybody. It was just I mean, it's just really deep deep seated. And, um, mm-hmm. and so I was constantly as a, as a youth, um, trying to be perfect. Right. That was the, that was the, the bar that was set. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that had to do with, uh, actually with my father who was a perfectionist and was okay. uh, almost militant about it in, right. in many ways. Um, he's, he's softened a lot since then. And he's just, you know, we're, we've got a great relationship. Uh, but, uh, but at the time that was, it was intense and I couldn't live up to it. And so right. I lived my life trying to be as perfect as possible in every way, uh, from grades to spirituality, to, you know, obedience to social to, and, and of course uh-huh. I failed many times and, sure. And that, and that was a, and it was a big struggle, and it, that's been a huge journey for me internally to find not just the external confidence to have the ambition and go for things, right? But but inside to to know that I, in in an interesting sense, you hear this with a, at least I hear this a lot with my my female friends that they don't feel like they're enough. Yeah. Uh, but I, I felt it as strongly as, as any, anyone I know, female or male, that right. I wasn't enough. And right. so I, and, but being able to come to that sense that, that I am enough, I am exactly where I need to be on my path right now. I'm doing the things that God would have me do. And, and that's perfect. That's, that's, being moving forward on the path is the perfection I'm seeking, right. not the the this high bar of never make a mistake, but love that continually making efforts moving forward and be going in the right direction Ooh, is like so powerful. And uh, yeah, that, and so finding that confidence has been a different journey than the go get it ambition confidence that that might be seen on the more on in the external realm. Yeah, no, very well said. I love how you uh, explained that. I, you know, I heard it once that uh, perfectionism is just basically covered up fear. And, Mm. you know, one of the things one of the, you know, I've been meeting with clients uh, for 30 plus years now. And the number one limiting rational belief that people buy into or struggle with is I'm not good enough. I'm not enough, uh, male or female, right? And and so I think a lot of our listeners are going to, you know, actually relate with that uh, that part of your story, because I think a lot of us 
even in, you know, even as adults, we still struggle with that feeling from time to time. Yeah, absolutely. I, but I do have to say that there's a silver lining to that. Okay. Like giving, really pushing so hard for that perfection and giving my all. I learned how to give my all. I learned how yeah. to sacrifice everything and work consistently over years, really giving my hundred percent and and knew and became aware that I am capable of doing that. Right. That, because we confidence doesn't come from being told you can do something. Confidence comes from actually accomplishing something, succeeding at something and saying, oh, it's experiential. You succeed at something and you say, wow, I can do that. Maybe I can do this. Okay, I'm going to try something even more so that that confidence is gained through experience, not through intellect. Yeah, I love it. And that experience gave me the confidence to move forward and say, I know how to give 100%. I know how to apply myself really hard. And even now, you know, having transformed in the spiritual realm, I still apply myself 100% in the physical realm in the same way I did back in the day. Right. And I love that you pointed that out, Sean, that there's a silver lining. And I think there's a silver, silver lining with all of our struggles because there's always some good that comes out of it every time. So I'm so glad that you pointed that out. That was very well said. So you're you're a performer, you're an actor, you're a singer, you've been in theater and movies, you've been on TV and all this stuff. Tell us some of those experiences and, you know, maybe some of the experiences that really stand out to you that were kind of life-changing as you've, you know, you've been doing this for so many years now, but I know that's probably another big question because there's probably a thousand different things, but is there, is there one or two things that stand out to you through all this performing and stuff that really was life-changing for you? Um, well, probably the biggest was like, right when I moved to New York, I didn't know anybody, like not one soul. (laughs) I, I, a, a lot of people, you know, have friends or, you know, somebody that, oh, you know, family, someone, you know, some, some connection. I did not know one soul. And so coming to New York with that, uh, naivete, And just saying, look out world, here I come. (laughs) And jumping in with both feet. Actually, no, I dove in head first. (laughs) Um, You know, that was, was, again, you know, some of the most intense uh, physical exertion days of my life. Um, You know, that was back in the day when there there weren't unlimited metro cards like you you paid for every single ride so if you needed to jump back and forth for between parts of the town which i was there auditioning and just hitting every audition i could every day right which meant jumping back and stuff so i would pay my ride in from queens where i was staying and i wouldn't get on the subway again the rest of the day and i would run from place to place. <laughs> I averaged easily over a hundred blocks every day wow. running from different places for either classes or auditions or whatever. And then at the end of the day, as it got dark, 
and I'm fully exhausted having beat the pavement, literally beat the pavement sure. all day long, Man, you know, aching back I, and get on the subway and head back and, and sleep and start over again and did that week after week. And, uh, and, and that paid off. And uh, I was able to book, well, audition for the first year and a half of my work uh, during the first three weeks, oh, and okay. w- which event, you know, eventually panned out for my, my first year and a half of work. Um, and uh, it was, yeah, it, it was a, a, an intense and difficult process, but definitely, definitely paid off. I, only planned on being in New York for a couple of months. I was like, I'm going to go give it a try. I'm going to, you know, get, I'll, I'll be able to say, I, I went and auditioned in New York city. Woohoo. Write it in my journal. And uh, that, that was, you know, I, I had no right. other, you know, I was like, I'm going to go for it, but if it doesn't work out, it's okay. I'll just, you know, head back home yeah. and, and have a life there. It's fine. Um, well, yeah, here I am. Uh, over 20 years later, haven't left. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you know what I love about that story too? It goes back to what you said originally, like the silver lining where you said you've learned to give it your all. So yeah. you went to New York and based on what you just shared with us, you were giving it your all. You're like, I was literally pounding the pavement. I was doing whatever it took to, to, to make this work. And here you are this many years later and you're still there. <laughs> I love it. Right. And still pounding the pavement, you know, yeah. not not in the same sense because I'm less naive, and I and I, <laughs> right. I know the system a little better. I know how to connect with people, network, you know, use you know, work a little smarter. Right. Um, but but still giving that hundred percent, yeah, and making it a making it a lifestyle. You know, it's yeah. just that's that's it's it's not in spurts. It's just no. This is I wake up in the morning and and create my day, you know, I, yeah. I have my, my, uh, my meditation of, of, of self-actualization and creating the day and time blocking where I, I know what I'm going to be doing. Of course, things change and move around. I, you know, not a robot, but it's, uh, but yeah. I, I literally create my days before they happen so that I know I'm going to be productive. Wow. I want to talk about that because you just, I mean, you're speaking my language right now, creating your day. Talk about what you do and what that means, because I think a lot of our listeners listening to your story right now are going to be like, Hey, what was that? I want to, I want to know more about that because I believe we're creators and I love to hear what you just said and maybe explain to us, what do you do? You know, in your morning routine, your morning meditation, that kind of thing to create this day and how do you visualize it? Will you explain that to us? Sure, sure. Um, yeah, no, I do. Uh, I mean, we haven't we dove into it yet, but with my nonprofit organization and with uh, uh, a lot of the people that I work with, I do a lot of life coaching. Right. And that's what that's what the nonprofit is. And you know, for the past thirteen years, that's been a huge part of my life. Is is this specific experiential methodology uh, again uh, you know one of the terms that uh, that i that i use a lot with uh, my clients even though they don't pay because they're from leprosy colonies and prisons and slums wow. um yeah they they're definitely clients um and, and uh, you know invested and i'm doing life coaching with them 
but uh, and then all the people who certify with our, with the nonprofit as well. Um, we talk about how we learn by listening, but we become by doing. Mm. And you can't become something without actually experiencing it and going through it and practicing it. Right. And so, you know, I mean, you want to become a violinist, read all the books you want about violining <laughs> and you will never become a violinist. Yeah. You, you'll be an academic knowing a lot about violins. Yeah. So if you want to become something, pick it up and do it and you will suck at it first. You will be <laughs> right. so bad, whether it's dance or computers right. or it really doesn't matter, but anything worth doing and doing well is worth doing like a fool. Right. I like that. You have to go through that first process. You'll never be an expert until you can do it like a fool first. Yeah. And so, so not being afraid, I just, I just wanted to, this is a precursor to, to the answer, um, okay. just not being afraid to step in and do things that, uh, that you are really not going to be good at, but you keep doing it, you'll get better and better and better. Right. And um, so, so yeah, as far as my process, um, I have a, uh, a morning routine. Absolutely. Um, I, you know, wake up and, you know, deep, deep breaths and, uh, and express gratitude. So immediately go into a, a prayer of meditation and gratitude for breath. And, right. uh, and then I, and then I reach over and drink 24 ounces of water before I even get out of bed. Right. Just chug. I've, I've, uh, deprived my body of the life-giving fluid for you know many hours and it's and so chug chug that down um make my bed uh make sure that that's uh the first success of the day well it's it's actually basically the third success of the day yeah (laughs) but you know just little little victories right and then uh and then i and then i do i get on the floor um, you know, go, go into, I have a little blanket and I, and I do meditation and it's, uh, I, I've got, I've got a few different meditations. I won't go into those, um, in detail, but, uh, but it's basically self-actualization and seeing, seeing yeah. myself as a divine being yeah. is the first thing mm-hmm. and seeing myself as a being of light as an eternal infinite being and just spending some time living in that for just even a minute or two, sure, I just love breathing it. that yeah. feeling that. And, and it, that just takes you to a transcendent space where you're not stuck in the muck. Yeah. And you, you, you don't get so frustrated about all of these things that are in the Maya in the, in Hinduism, they, they call this illusion of reality, the Maya, and we we get so frustrated and so rooted in the Maya that that, that becomes our reality when yeah. we can really transcend that and live observing it and reacting accordingly, knowing there's a purpose for it and that, oh, okay, something didn't go as we planned. All right, work around it instead of, oh, what just happened? No, oh no, what am I gonna do? There's no need for that, wasted energy. Right. And so to, to be able to go to that place right at the beginning of the day and set that foundation of I am a divine being, uh, infinite, you know, I make that connection to God, um, connecting to the source 
if right. you will, of yeah, all like goodness that. and light. And then, uh, and then visualizing the day. Again, there are, there are a number of different uh, ones that I do that, that, I, that I have sure. uh, created and, and guided meditations and such, but, but almost always they end with a visualization of, okay, of the grander scheme, like yeah. the future. Mm -hmm. This is where things are going. This is what I want to happen. I want to eventually publish this book. I want to put this song out that I'm, that I'm working on. I want to, uh, you know, get and end up in this TV series. I want to, you know, whatever the larger goal is, I want, you know, um, I want to own a second home uh, and rent it out, you know, whatever it is that's that's like, okay. And then bringing it back down to today and say, what am I going to do today that will move me in that direction? Yeah, I love it. And, and then visualize it and see it. Say, okay. And then I take, take my planner and just block it out and say, okay, this is when I, I have to be at this interview. I have to be at this audition. I have to be at this. Now, what am I going to do in between those? And how much time will I spend writing? How much time will I spend um, researching this topic that, I, that I'm writing a screenplay on? And I need to know more about it. So I'm going to take time to, you know, so, so it's, yeah, literally time management aimed at the goals for the, the grand goals. And right. of course, then the, the short term goals. Yeah. So. Love it. Very well said. You know, it's, you know, you win the first hour of the day, you win the day. And so that's really what you're doing there. And I love that. And, and I, I, I myself try to incorporate those things as well in my uh, morning ritual. And, um, but uh, thank you for sharing how you kind of do that. And I think, I think that's fantastic. You bet. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't you tell us, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit more about your nonprofit foundation. Tell us why, you, you know, how that came about and ex- in exactly what you do and what's the mission of your foundation. Okay. Yeah, this is so weird because I feel like I want to ask you questions and like be like, so tell me about this. Yeah. You know, as as I'm talking, I'm I, the the life coach comes out and I'm like I'm like I want to know more about you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to talk after this. We'll and, talk and, after. Uh, yes. I, I, I need to get to know more about about uh, you know you. Um, sure. <laughs> so um, yeah, Todd Sylvester, who are you? Um, so. Nonprofit. It's called Promethean Spark International, um, and by all means, uh, I, I, we don't have time here for me to tell all the tales. But one of the fun ones to tell and to read is who is Prometheus. Um, the reason yeah. it's called Promethean Spark International, okay. and uh, the the Greek Titan um, who helped the gods win Olympus. And yeah. uh, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I know that story. Yeah, you know, got the fire and, and uh, you know, brought it down. I was like, I was like, well, you think you know that story. Right. You, you, you know, the, the tip of the iceberg. Tip yep. of the iceberg, yeah, right. That's good. That's good that you know that part. There's so much more. Yeah. It's really powerful. It's beautiful. Um, so, so on that note, um, go to the website, prometheanspark.org. And right, right there in the menu, you'll see um, uh, who is Prometheus. And uh, so I've uh, written out the research that I've done on that. And there's a section um, that's, that's bolded, that's highlighted, uh, that's specifically about Promethean Spark and, and why it applies okay. the, of, the, of, the, of the mythology. 
Um, so, so anyway, so that's, uh, I, I love the connection to the mythology. Um, and that's because uh, it's, uh, it uses the arts as a vehicle to teach essential life skills. Hmm. And so basically what happened, um, and this, this will just be a really quick version. I, I was teaching sure. professional master classes in Peru. Um, had been doing you know, a couple Broadway shows, had done some tours, had, had been here in New York for uh, what, like seven or eight years um, and ran into a, a friend, uh, not a, fr a friend now, but uh, uh, someone I didn't know. Um, down in the village, uh, who invited me to come to Peru and teach some master classes to the National Ballet Company of Peru, um, and actually the Municipal Ballet del Peru and uh, okay. de Lima. So it's the the Municipal Ballet of Lima is what she was actually a member of at the time. And it, wonderful, great. I went, taught professional master classes, did some open open classes for some people uh, um, not in the company. And then she took me out to the slums to show me where most of the, or how most of the people in Peru lived. She's like, millions of my people live like this, not wow. like in the middle of, of Miraflores or right. in the middle of Lima, where, where that's all I had seen was, was the upper class. Yeah. And so she's like, you need to, you need to see more of Peru. And, and so, um, uh, it's a it's a it's a full full long story, um, but I uh, we ended up connecting with some uh, young men out in the slums, um, and I agreed to stay and teach them for another couple of weeks. And uh, they they were had, were self taught, uh, like gymnasts, break dancers, whatever, right. just in their backyard, out in the yeah. dunes in the backyard. <laughs> and so I said, but well, yeah, I mean. I'd love to help them to, you know, at least, at least I can teach them some prevention, you know, some, some right. stretching and some things so they don't hurt themselves so easily sure. and, uh, and help, help them pull more professional level choreography together. You know, that was my intention at the time. Right. Well, when I went in to teach, I uh, co literally could not teach them a thing because they didn't, want to or they didn't have they wouldn't i couldn't even do a kindergarten level class wow have them stand in lines and and do the exercises i was doing like like a mirror i was like okay everyone stand in lines and do it like do it like me just fuck zero right good i couldn't get it to happen and and i was thinking it was you know they were just being kind of rebellious but they weren't they were you know, giving up their day and coming into the, you know, and uh, they just didn't know yeah. how to do that. They didn't know what to do. They didn't, they didn't have the basics. And I, of course, at that time, I wasn't thinking life coaching in any way. I was just like, I'm here to teach them some dance steps. They don't want to know <laughs> it. I'm pulling my hair out. This is ridiculous. Um, this is, you know, so four hours later, they go home and I was like, this is stupid. I didn't, I couldn't teach them a thing they wouldn't, wouldn't even stand right. up and, you know, they were just, they were just all in their little corners. Yeah. Just like in the streets, they would pull their hood over their head and there were about 30 of them and they were all in the corners of the studios, just like in the streets and they not, they wouldn't get up and let me do a class. So I was like, well, maybe tomorrow will be better. 
you know, it was their first day. We'll see. Right. Same thing the next day. Exact same thing. Could nothing. So I was done. I'm like, I'm out of here. This right. is ridiculous. Waste of my time, waste of their time. And similar to what I mentioned, uh, as far as the job, um, going into the arts, I prayed about it. You know, that's uh, sure. yeah. something that I do. And I just wanted to know, okay, I've given my hundred percent to this and you know, I'm not a quitter, yeah. but <laughs> I think I need to cut my losses. This is, I'm not going to sit here for another two weeks doing this, just frustrating nothing. And, uh, and the only answer, the thing that this just kept coming to my mind and in my heart was the exact same things that are keeping them from doing your class will keep them from getting an education, will keep them from getting jobs and holding them down, will keep them from having good family lives, basically from succeeding at anything worthwhile right. in their whole lives. It's the same things. And I, you know, and I kind of ruminated on that. I said, okay, so can I go back to New York and feel at peace? That's not an answer that I didn't. Yeah. I was like, okay, so it's the same thing. Yeah. And, and then it came again and again, and again, I wrestled with that all night and mm. I didn't get a whole lot of sleep that, that night as I was like, so what am I supposed to do with that? Right. You know, I mean, it wasn't even like build an arc. It was it's going to rain. I mean, like there, there wasn't any like real direction as to what to do. Yeah. And so I, uh, so, so I, yeah, basically went in the next day with a different attitude and said, okay, I'm not here to teach them dance. I'm here to teach them life skills, basic life skills. I mean, right. and at the time it wasn't a flesh. I didn't all of a sudden go, Oh, fleshed out beautiful <laughs> methodology of life coaching here it is right it was just like what do they need yeah. they need they need respect they need focus they need to stick to something longer than 10 seconds they need to yeah i mean just some of these basics of you know basics you know set a goal right. what is a goal they needed to you know so so I went in with a, a completely different attitude, different idea, everything. And, uh, you know, told them, I was like, I have some things that I was going to teach you today. They're really cool. It's actually really awesome. Um, and my grandma could do these things that I was going to teach you, <laughs> but you guys can't, you don't have what it takes. So I'm not even going to try. And I turned around and walked out. And they were just like, whoa, 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 your, your grandma can do it, but we can't. And what? And so they, they followed me. Right. And they were like, no, no, no. Yeah. What do you mean? What are you talking about? And I was, I was like, exactly what I said. Why would I teach you something I know you can't do? It's impossible for you. So I'm right. not even going to try. And they were, they were like, well, you don't know that. Like, oh yeah, I've been teaching a long time. I know you cannot do this. Well, maybe we can like no i know you can't <laughs> so why am i even gonna try and there so anyway back and forth back and forth i finally said okay here's the deal if you will obey two rules there's two rules and then i'll come in and teach it number one every single person does it not one person sits out right 
If, if, if anyone quits, we're done and we walk away. We're done. And no more class, no more anything. We're done. If anyone quits. Number two, if anyone messes up, that means we all messed up and we all start over. Hmm. So it gave them accountability to the others to try to do it right. And then otherwise they would all be punished, punished, have to start over um, for for the one. And they didn't want to be the one to stick out. So we did it. And it was, it was, uh, it's so simple. Literally. I don't know. Have you seen Chicago? The musical? Oh yeah. So there's a very simple thing and then they, they use it in the audition and everything where, where you see you stand, stand tall yeah. and you, and the, the finger comes up and they, and, and they, they move their finger like this. Come on, baby. And they <laughs> um, want to paint the town and all that jazz. And it's this little movement in that choreography of the finger. So I took that and I, and I said, Here, here's what you're going to do. Stand tall, put your finger in the air. And I want you to move just your finger, only your finger for 30 seconds. That's it. That's what I want you to, that's the first thing we're going to do. And they were like, oh, easy. Oh yeah. So they, so they get up there and they start, you know, like, okay, ready, go. And of course, within three seconds, somebody (laughs) turned their head to look at someone else. And I I was like, well, stop. What, 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 what What were my instructions? (laughs) Right. Move your finger and what? Only your finger. Oh, so don't move your head. Don't move your body. Don't move, don't move nothing. You can't move your mouth. You can't move nothing. Only your finger. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh my gosh. As I thought it took forever. They couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. They got better and better about 15 seconds. They got, and then somebody would giggle or somebody right. would turn their head. Or, you know, move their eyes back and forth or whatever. Like, no, no. So anyway, it, it ended up being a couple of the guys that were totally messing it up every time. Kind of ADHD kind of, a, you know, right. ADD type, type of a thing where they just couldn't do it. <laughs> so anyway, uh, and I, I walked up to him. And I was like, close your eyes while you do it. Close your eyes. They're like, mm. what? He's like, yeah. Do it with your eyes closed. I'm like, Okay. So here we are with this, you know, teenage kid, really tough kid from the streets like this. <laughs> Eyes closed, trying so to... So focused, you know, and the other kids were like totally getting them like, dude, you're messing it up for all of us. We're all doing it right. And you're screwing it up for all of us. Come on, do it right. Okay, okay, okay. So we finally were able to do it. It took almost half an hour right. to get everyone to do it for 30 seconds. Mm. And everyone's like, high five. Whoa, yeah, we did it. We did it. And uh, when we finished that, uh, you know, I was, I was like, guys, guys, whoa, you moved your finger. What are you guys so excited about? We did it. Hallelujah. You moved your finger. <laughs> really? <laughs> You're getting so excited that you moved your finger? <laughs> They're like, dude, that was you. Were, you tricked us. That, that was harder than. I was like, well, I told you my grandma could do it, but you couldn't. Right. <laughs> right. And, and was I right? You're like, well, well, yeah, okay, yeah. I was like, I've got a couple more things I want to teach you. you want you want to try? Okay, okay. So, and that started. I stayed for three months 
Wow. That's awesome. Called my agent and said, this is really important. I need to stay here. And during those three months started developing a methodology of life coaching, how to teach discipline, focus, goal setting, perseverance, respect, uh, responsibility, all of these, you know, accountability, these things that are, that we just take for granted. We're just like, well, yeah, of course you, you have to keep going. Otherwise you won't get it. Um, you say, of course, but if you're not taught that, or you've never seen an example of it, it's not, of course, that's a new concept. Right. And so, uh, continued building this, this, uh, methodology, which is highly experiential. It's, it's based in become it. Don't just talk about it. Yeah. And they, they, and they need to do it with someone to monitor them, to help them, to talk them through it. And the cool thing about it is that number one, it's fun. We're, we're learning, we're progressing physically. It's a part of their, their nature. They're used to this physical world. You know, so it's one foot in the physical plane and one foot in the spiritual plane where they're very highly active physically. So there's a lot of fitness involved and, you know, exercises to, to master the body. And, and then there's choreography involved as well. So they're having fun, getting ready for a performance, setting up a goal for the future saying, okay, in three months, you're going to do something that right now is impossible, but in three months, you're going to be amazing at it. And so good that people are going to cheer for you. They're going to watch it and they're going to be like, this is wow, you're awesome. How are you going to get from I can't do it to I'm really good at it? And then we work day after day after day toward that and then apply it to math and apply it to science and apply it to language skills or relationships. And so the whole time connecting it to real life and saying, this is the exact same. Yeah, There's no difference. Love it. And so, uh, so, so I ended up going back again. It was an amazing transformation. Like literally you could not recognize those guys three months later. Wow. Completely different. The way they spoke, the way they held themselves, the way they just everything. And uh, uh, yeah, uh, came back from, well, went back the next year, did another couple of months with, with them honed the methodology and realized this has to happen more than this. This has to be all over the world. This is miraculous. The transformation. I've never seen anything like it. And so we, so, so yeah, took, took that. And uh, I didn't know what a 501 C three was, but that didn't (laughs) stop me from uh, taking a risk and saying, okay, how do you start a nonprofit? What, what, what is the, the process? And yep. Yeah, that was that was 13 years ago, and now we're in like what eight different countries around the world, working in sex trafficking shelters and prisons and slums, and uh, two different areas of India in the leprosy colonies. the The one thing I do have to say is that we are a methodology based organization, so we depend on partners for the outreach. Okay. reach to you froze there we go um so the outreach to the youth and the children 
uh, is dependent on locals. And that way we're not going in and being the, you know, the American saviors walking right. in there and saying, we're going to tell you how to run your lives and how to be better people. It's like, no, let's work with this local group who does outreach to the leprosy colonies and has a school for leprosy affected youth. And then we'll work with them to make sure that what we're teaching them is in a, in alignment with their culture, with the, what they need in their community, the village, what's in. So it's, it's very collaborative to make sure that we are giving them what they need. Understanding that all humans work the same when it comes down to the base right. level of sure. if you want to accomplish something, you need to practice it. If you right. want to get good at something, you have to work hard at it every day. That, right. that doesn't change by culture right. or location. Yep. <laughs> that's, no. that's human. Yep. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's, been, it's been phenomenal. And, and literally we see thousands of youth completely turning their lives around. We've got hundreds of them who are in, we started with like 10 years ago, who are now in universities and are working in hospitals or as um, uh, mechanical engineers, or um, I got a couple of nurses, we got a pharmaceutical technician, we've got, I mean, we just so, it's really exciting. And then, I mean, one of my main guys in Kenya, when when first started working over there, um, just reached out. He went to the um, uh, pyrote pyrotechnic university. He's now working on big machinery. And then the guy next to him, Moses, was uh, is now a, a Zumba instructor and a fitness coach in Nairobi. So it's just exciting to see them, you know, be able to take initiative and and create. As, as we talked about before, teaching them to be conscious creators of their own lives. Right. Wow. That sounds amazing. And give them the tools to do so. Yeah. Not just tell them, you can, you can, you can, but then how? They don't yeah. know the how. Provide but, them with the things they need. Yeah. Yeah. That's Love it. it. That sounds amazing, Sean. That's, that is incredible. Um, you know, I, wanna, I do want to talk about this uh, before we go. You helped out. Um, I know we're going to shift gears here a little bit, but after 9-11, after that tragedy that hit, uh, hit, hit America, you went down and wanted to go down to ground zero and, and help. And the fire firefighters were turning a lot of people away saying, you, you know, we, you don't need to be down here. We don't want you to get hurt. But there was a particular reason why they allowed you to help out. Can you explain what that reason was? <laughs> um so well there's there's two parts to that that answer as far <laughs> as getting in uh-huh um i had to rely on my acting skills to get in um so <laughs> i was actually volunteering at the red cross helping organize things um as okay. volunteers came in and putting people in the right places and and then they at the end you know in, came mid-afternoon uh, on the day of, it was on 9-11 in 2001, and they said, okay, go home, get some rest, and uh, we'll pick it up tomorrow. No, there are people dying just a, a couple miles away. I can't go home. I have to. And there, were, there had been a group of doctors and nurses who had come in 
just like 20 minutes before. And they were like, we want to help. We were here. They were in their scrubs. And then we came down from Connecticut and we're ready to help. And they were like, we can't do anything for you right now. Why don't you go on down to, I mean, you need to go towards ground zero and uh, um, go find a triage unit that will let you, but they're not letting most, letting uh, outsiders in down to ground zero. So you might want to go to pier 23. Right. Where they have a triage unit that you could probably go to. So they left. Well, I then immediately thought of them. I was like, oh my gosh, they're headed down there. I could jump in with them. So I ran out and I found them off to the side and they didn't know how to get down there. They didn't know New York city. They didn't know the best way to best route. And so I went over and was like, Hey, are you guys headed down there? And they were like, they didn't know my name. They called me red cross. They're like, Hey, Hey, red cross. Um, (laughs) I was was like, sure. I'm just volunteering for the day, but yeah, that works. Um, (laughs) they were like, do you know how to get down there? Do you know the way to get? I was like, yeah, absolutely. I've lived here for quite a while. Could you show us the way? Could you help us? So I jumped in the car. So they actually had a, a red Jeep, a mini school bus and a white limo stretch limo that had been donated from their community for them to come oh. to Manhattan to oh, really? volunteer. Okay. And so I got in, I got in the school bus there's some, some extra space. They were dry. We were driving. And so I told them where to go. Everyone, the others were behind us and we headed down the Henry Hudson down toward ground zero. And as we're going, of course, the police like just shot in and just pulled us to the side and, where are you going? What are you doing? They're, you know, they're looking for terrorists. They're, and they're like, what are these, you know, a limo and a school bus headed down to, you right. know, so they, uh, so they stopped us and it's, you know, big, big burly uh, black police officer comes to the window. What are you doing? And, it, and the poor driver, she's very, very nervous and, <laughs> you know, probably about, uh, you know, 40, 45 years old and small little woman. It just, it's, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. I mean, I didn't know. I, we were just, she's just like, just bumbling and scared to death, shaking. And so I put my hand on her shoulder and I, and I was like, we're a bunch of doctors and nurses come down from Connecticut. We're looking to uh, get down to ground zero so we can help out. Uh, do you know the way? He's like, he's like, oh, absolutely. Do you need a, do you need an escort? Like, that would be great. Wow. So we got a police escort <laughs> down Henry Hudson all, awesome. all the way down. And the, I, I didn't say uh, Port um, Pier 23. Oh. And that was where we were actually going. So he thought ground zero. So he just kept going. And as we're going, they're like, where, where are we going? Where's Pier 23? I was like, um, there, that, that was it. We just passed it. <laughs> um, I guess we're headed down. So we stopped at Canal Street. And it's, a, a, again, longer story, but we ended up, you know, got out. And half of them wanted to go back up to Pier 23. And the other half said, well, let's, we're this far. Let's go on down in. And they were like, hey, Red Cross, do you know? I didn't know that area. I didn't know the, that was way down south in Manhattan. But what came out of my mouth was very different. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. Follow me. Right. <laughs> So I, uh, with great confidence, I just said, we just have to head south and uh, we'll find it, you know? And so 
along the way, asked different people, and we marched all the way down in with a big, huge cloud of smoke in front of us that looked like an atom bomb had blown up, and uh, mm -hmm. the Henry Hudson on the right, and walked down into ground zero, and I ended up spending uh, the next full week down there. And the, the part that maybe you're talking about um, was that uh, I got to be known as Spider-Man down there. Yeah. Because I was, as a dancer, and I was limber enough and I could just kind of snake my way through and, and get through the crevices. And they would send me down in the holes with the fiber optics. And I would find my way down through the little crevices under the rubble looking right. for survivors. Wow. And uh, whereas, you know, obviously a lot of these, uh, you know, the firemen and the police officers that were there uh, construction workers, you know, they uh, as I was, and so that was uh, wow. got got to be known as Spider Man uh, Spider -Man. during those days. That's amazing, Sean. That's and it's cool that again, it's so interesting as I'm listening to all your stories here. They all go back to that. I'm. I'm, I'll do anything to make it work. I'm all in. I'm going to give it my full effort, right? I'm all out. And yeah. I love that about uh, what you're saying and, and, and about you. And I think that's why you've been successful in, you know, all these different areas in your life, because it sounds like when you make your mind up to do something, you go do it and you're going to try to find a way. And I love how you, you pray to your higher power and your, you know, your God and ask for guidance and help and, I love how you create your day and you visualize it. And I don't know, I just, I'm really impressed, Sean, with the way you live your life. And, and, you know, and as I was seeing many comments on your, your feeds and your websites and stuff that the, the one I saw the most of was you have a heart of gold and um, sitting here with you today, listening to your story. It, I agree with that. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, you betcha. So. Well, life um, is an adventure. Life yeah. is truly an adventure. It, whether it, what type of adventure is up to us. Yeah. But it, it is an adventure for all of us. Yeah. Wow. I love it. Well, if there's someone listening to this right now and they want to get a hold of you or learn more about what you do, know more about your nonprofit organization, where is the best place you they could go look you up and, and to get that information? Yeah, probably the easiest. Uh, just a couple of uh, really easy websites to, to look up and just go to the contact pages. Um, the My name, seanperry.com, S-H-A-U-N-P-A-R-R-Y.com. Okay. Um, and, uh, and then the nonprofit. Uh, we actually just redid our website. I'm so excited. I nice. love it. Nice. Um, the new, new website at prometheanspark.org. Uh, yeah, I'm actually looking at that website right now, and it's beautiful, by the way. Good job. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it looks amazing. Um, so, and it's just so you know, people often put an I in Promethean. There's no I. It's, okay. it's E-A-N. So, P-R-O-M-T-H-E-A-N, spark.org. And uh, yeah, yeah, I just uh, reach out. And of course, we have Facebook and, and uh, you know, Instagram, Twitter accounts uh, but, that you can find, but... Um, those, those are the ones, the locations that have the information uh, that people might be seeking. Okay. Beautiful. 
Well, Sean, I can't thank you enough for spending some time with us today and, and share a portion of your life with us and your light and your energy and your love. And uh, I'm, I've really been touched by what you've been sharing. And I know our listeners probably feel the exact same way. And I want to also thank our listeners for tuning in again today to listen to another amazing person. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so... Um, Thank you so much. And I just, yeah. I, I just want to uh, give a shout out to, to you. And is it um, Veracity? What is the? Uh, Veracity Networks is the sponsor. Veracity yeah. Networks. Thank you so much for, for what you are doing, what, for them, for what they are doing to make this possible. Because we were talking right before this, and I just feel like it needs to be said. Um, sure on air rather than just privately right. that there's so much negativity in the world and so much tearing down and vitriol and violence and and just fighting yeah. and 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 we are being bombarded daily with all this negativity and and I love that there are people like you who are helping to bombard us with goodness yeah. with the Thank positive you. because if the more we can get that out there and counter yeah. That we, we, we need a critical mass of positivity in the world so that we can raise our consciousness and move to that higher level. And, and, uh, and I love that you are a, a valiant uh, warrior in that effort. So thank you, Todd. Oh, wow. Thank you for saying that. And I, I, I appreciate the compliment. And I'm grateful that we've been able to connect and that we have, we're like-minded in that same thing. And I know you're doing the same thing. You're trying to spread goodness into the world. And uh, I really do respect what you do and how you live your life, Sean. Right. Thank yeah. you so much. You bet. Thank you. And uh, listeners, there you go. Another amazing uh, podcast, Belief Cast. And please share this with everyone that you know. And please reach out to Sean and check out his websites and check out his, his nonprofit organization and, you know, help him uh, any way that you can as well. And let's let's do what Sean just said. Let's bombard this world with goodness and, and light and love and energy. So till next time, man. Thanks so much again, Sean. Thank you. Have a great day. You too.